0: In today's Gospel reading, we hear that our Lord Jesus sends out his 12 apostles on a mission. Now, it was just a few chapters ago in the Gospel of Mark that he chose them. That out of the greater, larger company of the disciples, those who followed him to listen to his teaching and to change their lives, out of this greater group, he picked, one by one, the 12 that he wanted as his apostles. And having chosen them now, he sends them out on a mission. This is actually where the word apostle comes from. from the Greek, apostelo, I send, apostolos, one who is sent. They are sent on a mission. And we might say this is sort of a practice mission. I imagine it probably lasted for a few weeks. And this is during our Lord Jesus' earthly ministry. And we know they'll need to do this mission for real a couple years later after his death and resurrection and ascension as they really bring the gospel to the whole world. So good for them, right? Jesus chose them. Jesus sent them. But Jesus chose us too. We heard St. Paul remind us of this in the second reading that he chose us. And that's without exception. Each of you, whether you're 6 or 16 or 66 or 76, God has chosen you just as specifically and as personally as he chose each of those apostles. And he has also sent you on a mission. The Second Vatican Council, one of its documents, was on the apostolate of the laity. And the council was very clear in teaching us That every single one of us, without exception, has a share in the mission that Christ has given his church. So it's worth paying attention to how Jesus chose and sent his apostles, because it will probably bring lessons to us whom he has chosen and sent as well. Now this general concept of being chosen and sent is something that's very familiar to us. We know what it means to be a representative of a school, of a group, of a business. And perhaps above all, perhaps the highest level of that, humanly speaking, is an ambassador. When one country chooses a person to be sent to another country to represent that country to them. Now we know in, in all these cases, but especially in the case of a national ambassador, that to live out that mission is going to take a lot. To successfully be an ambassador to another country means you'll need to learn their language. And you'll need to learn about their history. And you'll need to change the way you live because having learned about their culture, you'll know there are certain things you need to do differently in order not to interfere with that that mission of being an ambassador to that country for yours. St. Paul also writes to the Corinthians, We are ambassadors of Christ, appealing to you on behalf of God. And so it's no surprise, perhaps, that as Jesus sends out his apostles, as his representatives, as his ambassadors, that he gives them instructions. We notice he gives them instructions on things that they are not to do, not to take. But then also gives them things to take with them. We notice that as he's telling them what to take and what not to take, he's sending them on a journey that probably will last a few weeks. But he's not equipping them for a journey of that length. He's seemingly telling them to dress as if they were just going out to make a journey of the day and will be back home at the end of the day. He tells them, wear a tunic, take a staff, wear sandals, but nothing else. Probably they had all these things. They had worked in their earlier careers. They possessed these things, and this probably made no sense to them. And they might have wanted to say, Lord, why are you sending us and telling us to leave these things behind that we possess and that surely we will need for a journey of a few weeks? But he had his reasons, didn't he? He wanted to help them to make their message credible. And probably he also wanted to make sure they stayed dependent upon God's care, And in constant communication with Him, which maybe they wouldn't have done if they took all that extra equipment that they thought they would need. So, if on the one hand He told them, don't take these things you have that you think would be useful, we gave them something else instead. What did He give them? It wasn't a physical possession, He gave them a message, first of all, the coming of God's kingdom and the need to change our lives. He also gave them a special power, one that they could never have had on their own. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. And with that special power, as we read, what were they able to do? They were able to heal people's diseases, and they were able to set them free from the oppression of the evil one. They couldn't have done that with a second tunic, or a bag slung over their shoulder. But with the authority he gave them, they could do this great and helpful work. Now, if he gave this to them, telling them what not to take, and then also giving them something special to take, perhaps he does the same thing for us, whom he has chosen and whom he sends. And perhaps we could consider how, what form that might take, as I consider some of my own story. I had years of working before I went to seminary, and then years in seminary, and now six years as a priest. I arrived at seminary with things that I'd accumulated, not so much material possessions, but skills and experiences. So walking into seminary, I might have said that some of my strengths were intelligence, or working hard, or being organized Or being able to use computers well. Or being aware of current events going on in the world. And right away at the beginning of seminary I began to hear in prayer. Certain of those things let them go. And just like the apostles that didn't make any sense to me. And I would say to the Lord in prayer like this doesn't make any sense. These are good skills. Don't you want me to use them? I didn't understand. But then I began to discover the special gifts that he was giving to me that I didn't have or didn't know that I had. So it was one summer as a seminarian that I was just up the road at St. Andrew the Apostle. And I discovered to my surprise that I could communicate well with children. I had no idea. When I was a child, I liked adults. But... Look at what the Lord was giving me. And over the years, He's shown me the value of listening and of encouraging and of sharing in the Lord's healing work. These are some of the things He gave to me. And do you know that just like what He gave the apostles, they are so very much more effective than those other skills, good as they were, but not nearly as effective as the gifts he gave to me. And so too with each of you. You have your skills. You have your experiences. You have your possessions. And in and of themselves, they're probably good. But what's even better is the spiritual gifts that Christ has given you. They're different for each person. So we could, if we could choose one person at a time, it would be different for everyone. But he has given each of you one or more spiritual gifts. Now this is not the same thing as natural talents. These gifts are given in baptism and confirmation. but We have to discover them. These gifts can only be used for good. These gifts, when you use them, when you're living out, giving away these gifts that the Lord has given to you spiritually, they energize you. You feel like you fit. And they're also remarkably effective, amazingly effective in their results. And so how important it is to discern what spiritual gifts the Lord has given us and to use them. Because if the Lord has chosen you and the Lord has sent you, He has equipped you with these gifts and through you and through them, He wants to do amazing things.